Welcome to the Nurse Becoming podcast. I'm your host, Amanda Guarneri from the Resume RX, and this is the podcast that's dedicated to empowering and encouraging nurses along your path of professional and self discovery. As a nurse practitioner, mom, and business owner, I'm on a mission to help you figure out how to leave your lasting impact on the world, all while bravely and fearlessly growing along the way. Join me for honest conversations and inspiring stories about personal and professional growth, all through the lens of nursing. Hello, welcome back to Nurse Becoming. It's your host, Amanda Guarneri. I hope you're having a great day. I am having a good day. I'm recording this the end of summer. My kids are getting ready to go back to school. So I'm kind of in this like back to school mode. And even though I'm not going back to school, I'm having fun picking out school supplies and planning our routine. And I just love planning. I don't know about anyone else. I've got a new planner headed to the house, but anyway, I digress. Today's episode is a follow-up episode from one of our most popular downloads, uh, one of our most popular episodes that has, has been in the top five downloads ever since it was released, and that's episode number 32, which was the new grad NP roundtable episode. We got tons of great feedback on this episode. It was me and Liz Rohr from Real World NP, and we facilitated a conversation among us and three new graduate nurse practitioners. So if you haven't yet listened to that episode, or if you want to refresh your memory, I do recommend going back and listening to it because we are following up today with two of the three NPs who we featured in that episode. I thought it would be really great to check in with them after about six to nine months of time that had gone by. I'm thinking, I'm looking at my schedule. We published that episode January 19. So yeah, it's been more than than six months has gone by and I'm excited to hear their update. So just so that you know, we conducted this episode asynchronously, meaning that I did not sit down in real time with our guests, but rather gave them some questions that they answered and recorded on their own. So the style and format of this episode may sound a little bit different, but what I did want to do is remind you of who we'll be hearing from today. So we will be hearing from Michelle, who in our last episode had recently started her position as a primary care NP at a federally qualified health center in California. And we'll also be hearing from Mariah, who had just started their job at an FQHC in North Carolina. So those are our two new grad NPs who are now not so new grad anymore. They've got experience under their belt. I know Mariah just celebrated their one year anniversary at their job. So excited to hear these updates and excited to share them with you. So without further ado, we'll get right into the episode. And as always, let us know, let me know what you think about this type of episode. I love bringing you episodes that really speak to you and that you find useful and inspirational and informational. So as always, feel free to hop into my DMs on Instagram at the resume RX, or you can share a post and tag me or leave a rating or review. I just really appreciate and love the feedback because 
I take that feedback seriously, and that's how I plan future episodes for you. So I already said this, but without further ado, let's get into the updates. Hi, everyone. This is Michelle. I am so thankful to be part of today's NP Roundtable again. Last time that I was here, I was a couple months into practice uh, working at a family medicine FQHC, and things have changed since then, and I'm really excited to talk about my experience since then. Question one, it's been several months since we chatted. How are things going? Any major updates? So since the last episode, I talked a little bit about how I worked in an FQHC working in family medicine. I mostly saw adults, so 18 and up, and I talked a lot about, as a recap, how as a new grad, seeing 21 patients in an FQHC, uh, where the patient population, for the most part, had very complex chief complaints and issues, it definitely was a bit of a transition. And since then, I have moved. I used to work in Sacramento, California. So hi, Californians. And now I am also still in California, but I'm in Silicon Valley. And I moved from family medicine into urgent care. It's a little different in a sense that my organization sees both primary care patients as well as urgent care. Instead of working eight-hour shifts four days a week, I do work 12-hour shifts. And for the most part, I was supposed to work three 12s and then four 12s. So I would switch off every other week, three 12s, four 12s. Um, I did work a lot more than that. I worked four 12s. And sometimes uh, one of the things that is a little different from urgent care is that at least in my organization, we saw patients up to five minutes till closing. So essentially, if there was a rush of patients that came in before that five-minute mark, if we could see them, we would see them. And so sometimes I would end up staying a little later and staying till uh, probably an hour after closing. Question two, thinking back on how you felt during the previous interview, how has your comfort with your role evolved? So during my last interview, I felt a little overwhelmed as a new grad seeing patients in family medicine. Uh, I felt like my transition from student to NP was, even though my last semester's rotation really prepared me to see patients independently, I felt like the complexity of the patients and how many patients I was seeing in a day Uh, was overwhelming. I will say over time, that level of feeling of overwhelm did uh, subside. Like I said, when I moved from Sacramento to Silicon Valley, I became a lot more comfortable with the patients I was seeing. I was becoming more comfortable with saying things like, no, I'm not going to prescribe this for a patient or I knew what labs to order, I knew where to send a patient and how to refer a patient um, if the patient needed stat referrals and things like that. I think now, um, like I said, when I moved from Sacramento to Silicon Valley, I changed from family medicine into urgent care. And as much as I am a little more comfortable seeing uh, simple or 
complex primary care cases, I think seeing patients with some higher acuity chief complaints like chest pain or abdominal pain and headaches, or you're seeing a blood pressure that is extremely high. And I think those are the patients that kind of make me a little more anxious. At my organization, I am the only provider on site. And so even though I had access to other providers at our other locations or our supervising MD by phone, I did feel as if I became a lot more, I feel like my senses were more heightened, if that makes sense, because I had to really think through those red flag cases a lot more. And I needed to be comfortable sending a patient to the emergency room and explaining to them why I'm calling EMS or why they need to go to the emergency room um, if they don't want me to call EMS. So I think that's a little different. Also, I am seeing pediatric patients. So even though a lot of their chief complaints were straightforward cases like earaches, upper respiratory infections, things like that, I think learning to prescribe medications was at first a little daunting. It felt like before when I was a, a new grad NP seeing adults where I was afraid to prescribe 500 milligrams of Tylenol for a patient with like shoulder pain or something. Whereas now I had to calculate and make sure that a patient is uh, taking the correct dose of amoxicillin if they had an infection or they had an earache, things like that. So I think it's really interesting how that sense of feeling uh, discomfort or a sense of worry, am I prescribing the right medication is uh, there, especially for the pediatric population. And I would say what's also different from last time is uh, the unfamiliarity of doing procedures and doing them in a timely manner and in a good manner. Before, I didn't have to do procedures in my uh, family medicine clinic because our urgent care normally took care of it, and I would just do the wound care. I would do the follow-up care for them. Here in urgent care, as in many urgent cares, um, we do laceration repairs, foreign body removals, foreign body in the eye, anything with those. um, We do ring removal. So I, I would say that there was a sense of unfamiliarity with that. But over time, I did become very familiar with a lot of the procedures, and I actually like doing them. We do send a lot of our uh, patients who have trauma or deeper lacerations over to the emergency room just because they do need a higher level of care and also stat imaging that sometimes we aren't able to get. So a lot of times if I see bone tendon, anything like that, or if I'm not able to remove a foreign body of some sort, I do send them for a higher level care, usually the emergency department just so that they can be properly taken care of. Again, I'm the only provider on staff um, at my specific location. And if I think that person needs a higher level of care, I have to be comfortable doing that. And I think in the beginning that was a little scary, but over time that's something I did get used to. Question three, what are your biggest struggles these days? For me, my biggest struggle these days would have to be Feeling a sense of inadequacy as a nurse practitioner, and let me explain myself a little bit because I started in family medicine and, you know, went through the transition of going from student to independent provider and being overwhelmed with seeing 21 patients a day, 
seeing very complex patients and just feeling that sense of being overwhelmed. When the opportunity presented itself uh, where I moved to Silicon Valley, um, essentially my husband got a job down here. And so I decided to move down with him, which, you know, obviously is a no brainer. You know, I wasn't going to commute from Sacramento to Silicon Valley two hours a day. That would be just a little too tough for me. I found this job in urgent care and it seemed like a great fit, you know, based on the interview, based on my visit um, at an urgent care uh, site with the organization. You know, I asked the tough questions. I asked a lot of uh, questions to upper management, to the CEO, and essentially it felt like a good fit. And when I realized how much I was working, some of the culture and just feeling like I'm not making the most impact in my patients at the urgent care setting that I was at, you know, resigning was actually really hard. It was hard because even though I knew I was burning out at a very rapid rate, I felt like if I quit, what does that make me look like as a nurse practitioner? What does that make me seem, you know, that I'm in my second role and I'm quitting, you know, and, and I feel like maybe that's part of me being very overly critical of myself. It could be because I want to be this nurse practitioner who would stay at a location for quite some time before moving on. And I think that would, honestly, that would be most ideal. Let's be real. Um, I think uh, as a brand new nurse practitioner, it is ideal to be able to stay in one location for quite a bit of time to one, be able to make that transition as a student to nurse practitioner or nurse to student to nurse practitioner um, in that sense. Uh, so that that way you can really build your experience and just the ability to be comfortable as a nurse practitioner. And so when I quit my job as a nurse practitioner at urgent care, I felt the sense of failure. And I think part of it has to do with me just feeling like I wanted this ideal position for myself. So that's kind of what I was struggling with. And I'm, I'm kind of over it. I'm, I think I'm at a place where I feel a lot better now because I did a lot of reflection while I've been on a break. And um, I, I do have a job offer that will start in August. So um, it's not like I'm unemployed or anything, but it, it definitely was a hard decision to quit my job because I felt like quitting meant that I failed as a nurse practitioner and I didn't want to feel that sense of failure. But I knew that it was the right decision for me because I was burning out. And, you know, I had symptoms such as I lost weight. I lost over 10, 15 pounds. And that was really worrisome. Um, I dreaded going to work. And I was also working during my off days. And so it, it just wasn't the ideal position for me. And at the rate of burnout that I was experiencing, I felt that it was better for me to resign and find a position that was a lot more ideal than continue and uh, slowly burn out to a place where I would hate my job. And that's not a place where I want it to be. And so that was definitely something that I struggled with. And I had to struggle through that and really come to a place where I am now a lot more comfortable with my decision and also excited to start my new position. 
but it took some time. And, and I, I wanted to at least acknowledge that from a vulnerable standpoint, because if there are people out there who experienced that where they thought they had an ideal position um, and it turned out it wasn't and they had to move on to that, I, I don't want to make it seem as if that's something that's just you and that you're not alone in that. I had to experience that and it was hard. But also at the same time, I do want to also acknowledge the fact that there is a right adequate role as a nurse practitioner for you. And it, it took a while for me to find that, but I want to at least acknowledge that that is out there. It just takes a little bit of time for you to find it. Question four, how has it been with your schedules and time management? Has that become any easier? In terms of time management, I think over time it has gotten a little easier I did work outpatient as a nurse and my time in family medicine has really helped me out in a sense that I can prioritize my patients better. In urgent care, learning how to triage your patient, learning how to prioritize your patients is everything. You can't just simply go down the list where if you had appointments, you see those with appointments and then you see those who walk in. Sometimes you can, but sometimes you can't. And I think in those moments when you have a rush of patients and they have different complaints, you really have to know who you're going to see first. And I think my experience as an outpatient nurse and my experience in family medicine has really helped me in a sense that I know the patient that scares me the most. And that's the person I'll see first. I will see the patient who has a laceration who has been bleeding 20 minutes compared to a patient who has an earache. You know, it's things like that where I think I've gotten a lot more comfortable with and I've learned to triage my patients and know exactly, okay, this is the patient that I really need to see now and the patient who may have an earwake as much as they are very frustrated that, you know, they were first, but I'm seeing them later. I have to see this patient who has unstable vitals or chest pain, headache, things like that. You know, those are the decisions that I'm able to make a lot more easier compared to my time as a a new grad NP or even as a new grad nurse. I think because of that, it it does help a little bit more for me to manage my time better. In terms of my schedule, um, before, like I mentioned, I worked in family practice. I was working four days a week, um, eight to five. I normally would leave the clinic around 5.30 after I finished charting and cleared a good chunk of my inbox. My goal in family practice has always been finish your charts, do a chunk of your inbox so that that way your inbox is never overwhelming or full. And in urgent care, I was working 12 hour shifts. So I would normally work nine to nine. Uh, Sometimes my 12s were back to back. I would normally start seeing patients uh, at 9.30. Sometimes I would see a nine o'clock patient depending on who would walk into the clinic. I had appointment times already set for certain patients. A lot of times there were follow-ups from previous days or there were patients who would make appointments online. Sometimes there was patients who walk in. I think what was different about my time in urgent care was that I didn't really have a lunch period and I didn't have a I didn't have a set amount of time for admin time. And it was because we didn't know when patients would walk in. And when there was downtime, I had the ability to eat a snack or probably grab uh, like some water or things like that. But a lot of times because of that downtime and because they were so few and far in between, 
I normally would finish charting around that time. I really felt like if I were to chart on my off days, that would take away time for me. And that was a boundary that I was trying so hard to not break. On days that were like when we were slammed, I feel like those were the days where I would chart at night. And then if I had an off day the next day, I would um, finish charting at that time. Because again, you want to finish charting at an appropriate time because that's very important and you don't want to miss anything from documentation. And so for me, I felt like in urgent care, I didn't have a great work-life balance. And, And part of that had to do with the company organization, it had to do a lot with um, just the volume of patients that were coming in and me being the only provider on staff on site, it, it made a big difference. And I felt like even though I was able to manage my time with my patients well, I felt like in terms of my schedule based on you know work and life, there wasn't that same balance that I had when I was working at family practice in a job that was eight to five, where the slots for patients was set in stone. Um, I think that really tells a little bit of why my job in urgent care was a lot more stressful, a lot more overwhelming, and why there was that burnout period. But I, I do think that that's not what all urgent cares are like. I want to be very specific about that. I think Urgent care is very much needed in our healthcare system, especially if it's acute cases that can be easily treated that don't have to go to primary care. But I do think that there are organizations out there that do provide a better work-life balance. And for me, I just realized that the company I had worked for wasn't the greatest fit for me when it came to that. And so I think for me, at my urgent care, I didn't have the greatest work-life balance, but in family practice, I had a little bit more of a better work-life balance. Question five, what's on the horizon for you professionally? So like I mentioned, I accepted a job offer after I quit my urgent care job. I kind of went on a few interviews to see what's out there. Um, I got a few offers in family medicine. I did get an offer in dermatology, but ultimately I decided to settle on student health uh, in a university environment. And it's a job that I, it's a dream job, honestly, for me. I had to look back, uh, Amanda, actually at your dream job uh, roadmap course for nurse practitioners, because when I quit my urgent care job, like I said, I felt so inadequate as a nurse practitioner because I didn't want to quit my second job as a nurse practitioner. And so I went back through the course, reviewed it because I kind of wanted to see, okay, where did I go wrong? Number one, number two, what can I do differently? And how can I use my experience in family medicine and urgent care to make an impact on patients that I see? And, you know, I was able to find this job um, in the university setting uh, it, it did pop up on, I think, Indeed, I think, and I decided, hey, why not? Let's apply. You never know. And I went through the interview, was really impressed by what they had to offer. I was impressed by the fact that they were upfront about some of the things that some other applicants who had gone before me did not take, essentially 
they told me why many applicants didn't take the job and um, part of it was pay and uh, you know working in university student health a lot of times the pay isn't as ideal or as high as what it would be in private practice but for me I wasn't just looking at pay I was looking at the entire package in itself I was looking at how many patients do they see on a normal basis how is their EMR are they using an EHR system what is the work-life balance like for the providers that are there who was working with me and overall when I saw who I was working with, what the health team looked like, and speaking with the nurse practitioner who was there, and her really being so supportive while I was there at the interview. For me, it felt like even though the pay was slightly less, it was $3 less than what I was getting paid at my urgent care job, I decided to take this offer. I was working essentially Monday through Friday, and it's, you know, 20 patients maximum a day and I get to switch off between urgent care which is the same day visit floor and the primary care floor and that's just so amazing I mean like for me being able to utilize both of my experiences in family medicine as well as urgent care but on top of that my public health experience is such a it's a dream role for me And I'm really excited to start this role in August because when I started my journey to become an NP, I started because I worked in public health and I saw that there was a need for more providers who was able to listen, able to utilize some of my public health background in medicine. I wanted to find a way to really mold both public health and medicine together. And even though that was a great opportunity in family medicine, especially in the FQHC, as well as in urgent care, I was able to, you know, utilize both. This is honestly one of the most ideal positions I think that I've found. And and that's what I mean to say is that like your ideal job position is out there. And for me, I think having to go through family medicine, being able to get a little comfortable with that going to urgent care and really being exposed to procedures, pediatrics, and the wide gamut of chief complaints, including higher acuity type of chief complaints to now in student health in a university setting. I really think that I have found this ideal role. Again, I haven't started it. And so I'm really looking forward if there is an opportunity to talk about student health and how I feel about this role. But I definitely think it's such a great fit because it does help mold both of my passions in public health medicine and nursing all in one. And so I'm really excited to start my new role in August. And like I said, this role, even though ideally isn't the highest paying job that was offered to me amongst the many offers that I did get on my interview trail after my urgent care job, I do think that if you consider the whole package of this job, it was such a great fit for me. And I really appreciate the camaraderie, the collaboration, and just the health team that was available to me for the population that I'm seeing. And so I'm really excited and I can't wait to start my role in August. Hey there, friend. 
If you are a brand new nurse practitioner or an NP student nearing graduation, I have the perfect resource for you that will help you get all your ducks in a row as you get started with your job search. It's called the Nurse Practitioner Graduation Survival Guide, and you can get it totally free at my website at theresumerx.com slash npgrad. This guide will help break down the glossary of all the terms and acronyms that you will need to be applying for. Think like NPI and DEA, as well as giving you the typical timeline of everything that needs to happen before you can start working as an NP. I can't wait for you to snag this guide so you can stop worrying about everything you need to do before you can be legit. Go ahead to the resumerx.com slash NPgrad and get it for free. Can't wait to hear what you think. Since the last podcast, I've actually accomplished quite a bit. So I graduated with my doctorate degree. I have started leading our HIV and Hep C task force, and I have recently accepted a HRSA reimbursement loan repayment. Part of that program where you um, serve in an underserved community, uh, I still work at an FQHC, so of course that qualifies, and so that's part of what I'm doing. Um, with our task forces, I'm really able to lead those and kind of work on making sure that we have uh, prevention treatment you know, screening, as well as um, treatment for active diseases. So for both HIV and Hep C, we're working on getting an infectious disease doctor to be able to treat HIV in primary care. But we do currently treat Hep C, so I've been certified to do that. And so we've really been able to kind of grow and blossom in that way as a provider. Uh, So really excited about that, as well as petitioning for 12-hour shifts. So my place of work is open for 12 hours. I recently petitioned the medical director to kind of redo my schedules based on from eight-hour shifts to 12-hour shifts. So now working those 12-hour shifts, I liked that balance as a nurse and so kind of wanting to implement that into my nurse practitioner life. And while that's not all really widely known and as a nurse practitioner, it's really great um, to have that kind of schedule. So I petitioned for that. And those are the kind of things that I've been doing mostly with my job. I've also become one of the most productive providers in my organization, which was why I was able to petition for 12-hour shifts. I really worked on trying to become more efficient in my role and how I did things so that I could see more patients and, and still give quality care. And part of that was really great because we were able to roll out Epic during the spring. And so that really helped with productivity. So those are the things I've been doing since the last podcast as a new graduate nurse practitioner. During the last interview, I felt really lost in my role. I don't think I echoed that a whole lot. There was a lot of changes happening during the last podcast at my organization, and that have still happened since that time. And it was really challenging. As a new grad, walking into an organization that's going through a lot of changes is challenging. You're not really sure of yourself or your role. And so when your organization is changing, that starts changing too. So I was really feeling down about my role. Um, Since then, I feel really great. I've taken on more leadership opportunities. I've been more proactive in my role and have really established myself within my organization. I also started working full-time in the clinic solely, whereas I was previously doing some COVID outreach, but they now have a team for that. So I'm doing only clinic time. And it was really that adjustment to the clinic full-time that helped me feel more confident in my role and uh, more comfortable doing the role that I was assigned to. And so that's really how I felt the last time and now feeling better about that in general. So feeling challenged in my work, but not too challenged, feeling like I have a good work-life balance, 
part of that though is that I've advocated for myself too. So during this time from the last transit from the last podcast to this podcast, I've advocated for myself to lead in those those task forces or to take on opportunities to see more patients or to build my panel or to to do things more actively in my role, which has led to me having more satisfaction than I previously had. It wasn't always the best in my role previously because I didn't really advocate for myself. But that was a lot to do with the fact that I wasn't confident in my and I wasn't comfortable in my role. As a new graduate, you really don't know much about who you're going to be as a nurse practitioner. And so I found myself really frustrated by that. And so as my role grew and as my confidence and my comfortableness grew, that really changed for me. So now I feel a lot better and a lot more solid in my, my role. My biggest struggle right now with my role is that our organization is still rapidly changing. We've had a ton of changes in our senior management as well as providers. We have lost over five providers in the last two months, and it's really challenging. Um, One, you have to take over some of the responsibilities of these other providers while they're recruiting providers which is really challenging in federally qualified health centers to begin with. And you are trying to navigate your own role and your own panel and your own responsibilities in with that. So my biggest struggle right now is taking on what I can, but not taking on too much. And that's really challenging when you want to be a productive provider and you want to be organizationally useful, but you have such a high turnover. And so some of that responsibility does have to get mitigated to somewhere, but not taking on so much responsibility that you're the only provider are helping out or are taking that on. So right now my biggest struggle is balancing from doing too much work versus doing not enough of work. So that's really right now my biggest struggle is trying to navigate how do I how do I do that without overstepping my own personal boundaries and allowing myself to prov- to still grow professionally and still help out organizationally. Additionally, one of my biggest struggles is knowing when to refer still. So I'm still having some issues where when I see a patient, sometimes it's challenging, especially in federally qualified health centers where insurance may be a huge component of whether or not I can refer. But when the patient does have insurance, I still feel that urge to try and take care of it in office versus trying to send them to a specialist. So sometimes I struggle with knowing still when when do I when do I send to a specialist or when do I not send to a specialist and the real world NP Liz Rohr has really helped with that she has quite a few videos but I still struggle especially in a federally qualified health center setting knowing when it's okay to step back and say I can't take on this responsibility this is too acute versus when do I go ahead and try to treat it in office before sending to a specialist In terms of time management, a lot has changed for me organizationally. We recently rolled out Epic. One of the great features of Epic is that it allows for smart texts and smart phrases and smart lists. And these really help make my job more efficient. So I went through most of the common diagnoses that I see in clinic. I have a smart phrase for, so it pre-populates the questions I want to answer in my HPI, the assessment that I need to do, and the treatment options that I have based on the diagnoses. And that has really cut down my visit time. So I can spend the true 15 minutes really evaluating the patient, getting the patient's information, and instead of charting the entire time. So that's really helped with my work-life balance. I'm able to sign off my visits by the end of business day. Very rarely do I ever not sign off for the the end of business day. Um, So that in terms of time management, I've really navigated the system that I'm within and and tried to optimize my workflow. I really truly value a quick and efficient time frame and, and visit while still 
providing quality care. So these smart phrases really helped me understand both what I need to ask during the visit and how to efficiently ask it during my visit. And so those are based on evidence-based practice, of course, and, and current guidelines. And that's really allowed me to navigate my visit more fully. And so I'm doing more in terms of talking to the patient and educating the patient versus charting, which I think a lot of new nurse practitioners struggle with. And again, mentioning earlier too, is wanting more time management in terms of wanting more life balance, wanting more time in my personal life, more days off versus working five days a week. And so I I did ask for a, a change of schedule where I still work 40 hours, but I changed that a little bit. And a lot of that because I have a daughter now. And so I really want to spend and optimize my time with her while still enjoying my career, which I have built throughout the last seven years or so. So kind of trying to navigate those things while still being active in my role as a nurse practitioner. And so that's kind of what I've been doing in terms of time management. So in terms of my professional career, right now, there isn't much to talk about. I am on maternity leave because I recently had my daughter. And so I have not been doing much in terms of my professional career. When I return, there is the potential that we're going to start a medication assisted treatment program within our organization. Um, And I am part of that. I am one of the only DEAX certified providers. So to treat opioid use disorder with suboxone or buprenorphine. And that is something that we're going to try and implement within the next couple of months as I return to my role. And that's one of the major things that we're doing. And then once I return as well, I will start actively treating our hepatitis C positive patients, which we were trying to kind of roll out right before I went on maternity leave. And so that didn't really come to fruition until after I come back. And those are really the two things that I'm, I'm looking forward to. I am actively trying to seek out a, a role as a nurse practitioner um, professor. And so that's something that I am actively applying for as well. But that's really more of a side professional thing in terms of a nurse practitioner clinical clinical role and what, what's on the horizon. Those The hep C treatment and the MAT is really the things that I'm focusing my career on. And hopefully we'll have an infectious disease doctor as well within the coming months and I could do HIV treatment and primary care as well. And that's really about it on my horizons for professional growth. Well, that does it for today. Thank you so much for tuning in and making it all the way to the end. If you found today's episode helpful, would you take a minute and give me a rating or review on Apple Podcasts? It will truly help other nurses find this show and know that it's worth listening to. For more information about this episode, as well as a place to submit your questions or suggestions for future episodes or guests, head to nursebecoming.com. I cannot wait to connect with you again soon. And until next time, remember, I am always rooting for you.